Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Lydia English. Lydia. Hiya. How are you doing? All right. Are you nervous? Yeah, I'm bricking it. So, welcome back to the T2 Hubcast. I'm really excited. Lydia clearly isn't, but um, usually it's me, Dave Spencer, who are doing these podcasts. Lydia, I'll probably ask you to just give us a bit of your background in a second, but Lydia is our budding developing occupational psychologist here at T2. Um, and she really is the brain behind the operation in terms of the content we create, the research. She's the head of research here. She sits in the office. She steers the ship. She tells us what we're doing, where we're going wrong, what we need to correct and what we do. And I've been trying to get Lydia on a podcast. I kid you not for the best part of two years. Yeah. Is it? That's right. Yeah. Lydia doesn't like the limelight. She doesn't like me. She likes doing her thing. And then we do our thing. But I really wanted to get her on here and discuss something around psychology that I think will be fascinating. So, Lydia, thank you for pushing yourself. You're welcome. But she is bricking it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm bricking it. But you'll be absolutely fine. I'll guide us through it. So, Lydia, just I, I alluded to what you do here at T2, but just give us a quick 20, 30 second on your, your education, your background, what you did before T2 and where you found yourself now. Yeah, so I've done an undergrad in psychology and then I went on to do a master's in occupational psychology. Um, prior to working at T2, I did uh, five years working in HR, mm-hmm. um, but then, well, eventually got into T2 after lots of um, stalking <laughs> Martin and um, finally got a job and I'm able to kind of utilize what I've been doing in, in my degrees and my studies. So I love it. Awesome. And she did stalk me as well. She emailed me at least once every six months for two years saying, can I come and work for T2 yet? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you can. So you you have, I'm not just blowing your trumpet, Lydia. You've been amazing since you got here. Uh, Huge impact on the direction we're going, the T2 hub, the content, the research we do, the emergence of some of our new experiences and content. And um, I just think it's a shame to lock you away. It's like lock you away in the tower without, you know, revealing you to the world. So thank you for for coming on this. Now, one of the things me and Lydia are going to discuss, which, you know, I'm excited about getting somebody who studied an occupational psychology Mm -hmm. in because you understand what it is that I like to talk about. And I always describe me and Lydia as Lennon and McCartney. I come in and drop loads of bombs and say, what about this? And then Lydia makes sure that I'm correct factually, (laughs) which is a really good combo, right? Yeah. But... I wanted to discuss psychology in general and almost go back to the birth of psychology mm-hmm. and then how it's evolved over the years into some of the methods that we know of today with psychometric testing and the different models, et cetera. Yep. And then talk talk about the acronym OCEAN, which in simple terms is the five big sort of facets, indicators of personality styles. Yeah, the big five. The big five, as it's called. Um, But before that, let's go right back to the beginning. Am I right in saying, Lydia, so this is great because we can do live fact fact checking. Am I right in saying that almost the godfather, the originator of psychology was Freud? Yeah, kind of. Um, I I mean, like personality theories and stuff like that dates back to, you know, the 
ancient Greek kind yeah, of times. Yeah, the philosophers and yeah, yeah, yeah. Socrates and yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Aristotle yeah. and people like that who defined between the the mind and the soul and the you know the fact that the brain was different from our personalities and how we present ourselves. Yeah, so that stems back hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. But in terms of the sort of the more modern turn of events in psychology where we really started to unpick humans and yeah. put a bit more evidence behind it, would you say Freud? I know he was a theorist, but was he probably the early Yeah, he was that? probably the most monumental in the start of theories surrounding personality. Um, I know there's a lot of people who don't necessarily agree with Freud's theories, um, but he he's kind of managed to stay there in. Well, a lot of because a lot of it back then was guesswork for Freud yeah. and observational theories. Some some of that stuff, like you say, has been debunked through through neuroscience and, and modern day science. Yeah. But <clears throat> some of his stuff actually started to. I think the, the beauty of Freud was that even where he was wrong, he was in the right areas. Yeah. So he was starting to ask questions about things that. And he came up with his own theories that even though it was proven wrong, it it sort of led a series of scientific studies to then find out the right answer. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I think that's why he's probably still very, very well thought of and known today. Yeah, definitely. So then post-Freud came a bit of an era era where there was a bit more theory, um, sort of theoretical thinking going on. And before it led sort of post-1940s, where we started to get some science behind psychology and some evidence. But I think between the post-1940s and Freud was probably Carl Jung, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so he was the guy. Well, he came up with his his own kind of theories, which um, even though he worked under Freud, his theories kind of conflicted what Freud said, but kind of... Uh, the most notable thing he came up with was the introversion, extroversion personality theory. So introversion, extroversion <coughs> concept was Carl Jung. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, as we're going to go on to, is a key part of formed modern personality styles and neuroscience around behaviours, yeah. um, you know, in terms of introversion, extroversion. So Carl Jung is is, is a name which is often quoted. And, and again, a, a, another step on that journey of really starting to explore human psychology and what makes us tick. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then go back to, or so, sort of fast forward to sort of post-war, really, 1940s yeah. onwards. We then saw a real fast track in the emergence of psychology and evidence and data and neuroscience. And then, if, if anything, Lid, it went from, you know, a few classic philosophers and theorists to the world was littered with models and yeah, exactly. theories and science overnight. Yeah. Um, but for me, no matter what model came up or you know, what it was, it it was underpinned by the same sort of big five yeah. thing. So just talk about the big five. When did that first come into play where someone said every human being can be categorized in different ways by five main traits, personality traits? When, yeah. when did this come in? Well, so just before <clears throat> kind of the big five was established, um, a psychologist called Raymond Cattell came up with 16 factors of personality. And then from there... Um, lots of other psychologists jumped on board and actually thought 16 factors may be a bit too many to kind of define personality. So simplified it into the five different ones. Now, there was like a lot of development along the way um, with Lewis Goldberg. I think he was the first person to whistle it down to five. And then 
but more noticeably it was uh, Costa and McRae who made kind of the Big Five model and the the Ocean acronym. Awesome. And I like that because, like you say, um, using and, and through all our studies here at T2, even to the modern day, I use Ocean and I use the Big Five because any psychometric testing you will do, Insights, Myers-Briggs, Social Styles, SDIs, Print Profiling, whatever it is, it is fun. The algorithms are fundamentally set based on testing for on the big five. Yeah, pretty much. So, so at this point then, let's talk about the big five. It's the acronym OCEAN. And if you're listening to this, we're going to try and simplify this because if you've ever wondered what makes you tick or what completes your DNA, whether it's nature or nature or a mixture of the two, modern day science says it's, it's probably half and half, 60-40 nature versus nature. But... What happens is, is you develop your persona, your view of the world, your behaviors, your personality style based on these five things and where on the scale you are on these five things. Yeah. And the acronym is OCEAN. So let's start with the O of OCEAN. What is that, what, what is that lid? So the O is openness to experience. So basically that's kind of a person's willingness to try new things. Um, it's also like their ability to be vulnerable and their kind of capability to come up with new ideas think outside of the box love that um openness to experience is is the first one that uh, the first big facet that makes up our personality so some people are very open to experience yeah. new experiences in fact they fundamentally depend on it me yeah. being one of them yeah uh, i'm not one your, of them. lydia is actually um probably you're not quite on the opposite end of the scale but you're definitely on the other side of the fence which yeah. says i like certain levels of comfort. I like a little bit of knowing what I know. I'll push myself every now and then, as long as I can retract my safe space. Yeah. So you're, if me and you was on our level of openness to new experiences, I'd probably be on the higher end of the scale. You'd be probably just left of center, would you say? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You could probably step into it, but yeah. not as open as I yeah, am. Yeah, I like my routine. Yeah, routine. I like what I know and too much change and chaos and new stuff and meeting new people and hugs. We have this ongoing joke here. If, if, if Lydia meets someone for the first time and they're going for a hug, it's like fend to the face. I'm really not a hugger. Step away from me, right? <laughs> Whereas I'll just kiss and hug everybody because I, you know, I'm open to new experiences. So the O in ocean is openness to new experiences, and every human being will be on a sliding scale from extremely not open at all, yeah. and I like my routine and I like what I know and I like staying in, to love traveling, love meeting new people, love new experiences, love moving around to anywhere in between because yeah. the thing about psychology ladies everything is a sliding scale you are not one or the other you're just somewhere on that spectrum yep you fall somewhere on the line cool so first indicator of anybody's personality style is openness to experience now if you listen to this out of one to five right now just in your head score yourself one to five five being i am incredibly open one eye, I'm incredibly closed. Three, oh, sometimes, but I'll sit in the middle and two and four either side. Make that mental note or a, or a physical note of that now. I'd score myself a five lid. What would you be? Probably about a two or a three. Two stroke three, yeah, depending two and on and the half. day. Yeah, two and a half. All right. Cool. Okay, so let's move on to the C. What is the second of the big five that uh, factors that make up our personality style? So C is conscientiousness. Uh, so it's a person's ability to control impulses and act in socially acceptable ways. 
So as well, um, so co- control impulses and acting socially acceptable ways, it's also then links, let me link it to something else as well. That means that it's a person who has a sense of right and wrong, rules and structure and governance and, or- and order. Yeah. It also then means if you're conscientious, you have an attention to detail and doing things properly. Yeah. So it leads you to be organized, diligent, planned, prepared, but it also leads you to be to do the right thing. Well, if the yeah. rules are the rules, you stick to them, right? Yeah. If there's a, you know, so um, very orderly, unchaotic people who believe in doing the right thing um, and the, the most socially acceptable thing, right? Yeah. How conscientious are you? Now, <clears throat> I am probably, I struggle with this one, Lid, because in some ways I'm very conscientious, yes. as you know, but in many others I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, my level of conscientiousness is a conscious decision. I have to focus on being it. Yes. It's not ingrained in me, but in certain things, I have to make sure that I do. Um, generally, I do the right thing. I stick to the rules. I don't break the law already. But in in minor things, I don't mind breaking the rules and going sideways and underneath and taking a few risks. So I think on the spectrum with this one, I'd be middle ground, probably a three. Yeah. De- because it depends on the situation. Yeah. What do you think you are? I think I'm probably quite high on I it. Think I think are. things through. I think you are. I think you have a, a good soul and I think you believe in doing the right thing. Yeah. You're incredibly loyal. You'll see things through and you are very organized and stuff. And if I think about you is if something's dumped on you, you will make sure you understand it. Then you'll write it down and then you'll make sure that you deliver it in a timely fashion. And yeah. for me, that's conscientiousness. Yeah. Because it matters to you. So I think you're high on it. So so if the O is openness to new experiences, mm-hmm. the second indicator that our, forms our personal, personality style is how conscientious you are. And that can be very conscientious or not at all and unruly and, you know, <laughs> yeah. just winging it type thing. Yeah, you know? off the bat. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay, um, E, what's the E of ocean? So E is probably, well, we'll all be familiar with it. We've already mentioned it, so it's uh, extraversion. Versus introversion. So they use extroversion because that's that's how, you know, how extroverted are you versus introverted. And again, if introverted was on the left and extroverted was right, there'd be a sliding scale in the middle ground. You can yeah. straddle the two. You can be sort of semi-introverted but can step into extroversion or vice versa. <laughs> no surprise. I'm a five on this. <laughs> yes. Complete introvert. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, complete extrovert. Um yeah, very extroverted. I gain my stimulus and my energy from being at work, being with other people, having connections, you know, being out there. In fact, my anxiety-inducing time is being alone. Yeah. Is being at home. Not, not, not alone, that's the wrong way, because I do like my isolation time, but just having nothing to do. Well, yeah. Just being yeah, you bored. Yeah, like to be busy, don't you? Yeah. So I'd say I am definitely more extroverted, whereas the introverted people get their stimulus and recharge their batteries from being alone. Yeah. Thinking time, you know, they don't need people. They don't, sometimes, in fact, too many people, the thought of someone coming around is like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a bit of a chore. Yeah, just want to be on my own. Yeah. So introverted people need to recharge their batteries in isolation and alone, and they can step out into the world, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but they do need to retract. And I guess this goes hand in hand with openness to new experience as well. I think the more introverted yeah. you are, the less open you are. The more extroverted, the likely more open you yeah, are. So definitely. Do you say you're more introverted? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think I'm maybe, again, a two or a three on the scale. Um, I do enjoy my own company. 
I don't mind spending time on my own, but too much time on my own doesn't do me any favours. But uh, probably after a couple of uh, vodkas, I'm maybe a four <laughs> on the scale. Well, this is what I was going to say about you. <laughs> when you set, so I think you're introverted, more introverted than extroverted. But once you build trust and rapport with people, you easily become a four. Yeah. Because actually, you're a good laugh. When you don't take yourself too seriously, you engage in the banter. When we go out, you have a great time. Yeah. Now, if you did that every night, it'd become too much for oh, you. I'd be exhausted. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think you're more introverted, but you definitely can step with the right company into yeah. that extroversion sort of state. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So with the the bit three of the big five is openness to new experiences, how conscientious you are, and how introverted versus extroverted you are. So what's the A? So A is agreeableness. So that's basically how well someone gets on with other people. How agreeable or disagreeable yeah. generally you are. And I love this one because when we talk to people about it in sessions, Lid, they, they hate the fact that they'll say, well, you're just calling me disagreeable. I'm not disagreeable all the time. Yeah. Or I'm not agreeable all the time. I'm not weak. Mm. But what it's saying in general in, a, in psychology is, as a predisposed position, you will be generally more agreeable or disagreeable most of the time. Yes. Now, for example, I probably would be more disagreeable than agreeable in the fact that I'm not doing it for the sake of it, but I have a strong personality and I have my own mind yeah. and my own views. So by the nature of that, in general, I am more likely to engage in conversations where I have an opinion and therefore would potentially disagree than yeah. agree. Yeah. Whereas more amiable, peace and harmony, passive people, even if they do disagree, are more likely to agree yes. because it's the path of least resistance and it, it will avoid conflict. Yes. So you're more agreeable. Definitely. See, right? <laughs> you're more agreeable. In general, I'm more disagreeable in general. But yeah. this is the most important point, Lid. If you feel passionately and strongly about something, you will speak up. Yes. And I've seen that. You do it with me. I'm your boss and you do it with me loads of times. And I really appreciate it because when you do it, it has, it has power. Yeah. Because you don't do it all the time. When you do do it, it makes me listen. I go, oh, she must have a point or feel very strongly about this. Yeah. Just as much as when I sit down calm my chimp and listen to somebody else and come around to their way of thinking, it adds more power. Yes. Because that takes a lot of energy for me. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I like this part of the ocean. I like this as being one of the big four. Whether you like it or not, and, and again, you can be scoring yourself out of five on all of these five, but if you're honest with yourself, you will be more disagreeable or agreeable in general in life. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, What's his name? Uh, Jordan Peterson has done lots of work on this. He believes in the big five in the ocean, and he's a clinical psychologist and very well known. Um, and he says that the studies show that disagreeable people rise to the top of organizations more than agreeable people. Yeah. He also states that in the data and the research, more men are disag more disagreeable than women. That makes in, sense. In general, because of the maternal instinct and evolution and biology. Yeah. So he's saying the big, the big equality argument is, is evolution. If more men are disagreeable than women in general, 
and disagreeableness is one of the key factors in rising up in organizations, whether we like it or not. Yeah. That's why you get alpha males at the top of organizations. Yeah. Whether that's right or not is different, Lid. But we're talking about psychology and biology, yeah, It aren't makes we? sense, doesn't it? Cool. So the last one of Ocean Lid, the N. The N. What does the N stand so for? Because I can't hardly say this, so you better say well, it. I don't know if I can say it either. It's neuroticism. Yes, neuroticism. Now, that actually can be mistaken with eroticism. So, uh, you know, <laughs> let, let's uh, let's define what we mean. What is neuro- <laughs> to be neurotic or neuroticism? What is that? So basically, it's anxiousness. Yeah. Whether, you know, it's... So it can be thought of as a negative trait. Um, however, it's... It's measured by your level of self-confidence, really, and your self-esteem. So, is it so? Just to clarify that, lid, is it safe to say that a person's why why this is one of the big five indicators of personality style is because neuroticism is your susceptibility to anxiety. Yeah, and we, me, and you did a fascinating piece recently about your biochemistry. Yeah. Many people think anxiety is solely brought on by nurture and experiences in life Mm -hmm. that creates anchors and therefore you become very anxious. So if you've been in a car crash or you've lost a parent or, you know, you've had a rough childhood, then it creates a level of anxiety in a person. What we actually know from neuroscience and data is that it's more likely to be in hereditary. Yeah. You inherit a biochemistry that will either make you more neurotic or not, more anxious, more susceptible to the chemicals that cause it, then then not. So if you've got anxious parents or depressed parents, you're far more likely to maybe carry that genetic code yourself. Yeah, definitely. So, um, a, but what we're getting back to the point, a person's level of anxiousness forms their personality style. Yeah. Because if you're an anxious person, it's going to affect the other four. Yeah. It's going to affect your le- level effect, ability to be open to be more extroverted, you know, it's going to maybe send your conscientiousness into overdrive, which yeah. is counterproductive. If you've got low levels of neuroticism, so you're, you're blessed, you've won the biochemistry lottery and you're blessed with <laughs> yeah. happiness, then it's going to enable the other four. Yeah. Be more open, take more risks, you know, have more experiences, be more extroverted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously on conscientiousness at times. Yeah. Take a risk, you know, all that type of stuff. So I don't know if you would agree, Lid, but I'm going to ask you your honest opinion on this. I think this is possibly the most important factor of the five in yeah. terms of how it governs the way you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also as well, just kind of going back to the extroversion, introversion scale, people often think being introverted means that you are anxious, yeah. but that's not necessarily the case. We kind of developed a, a theory here at, at T2, which kind of said that, just because you're an extrovert doesn't mean you're confident. It can also mean that you're anxious. And the the extroverted part of you is the fact that you want to be around people to get your energy. So if they was to be left on their own, they would really struggle. Vice versa, with the <clears throat> excuse me, with the confident introvert. So I would say I'm probably a confident introvert. Yeah, so I, agree. I do like spending time on my own, but I'm actually comfortable in myself, in my own skin. And, you know, I can socialize with people when I need to. <laughs> yeah. So never, that's a great point, that lid. And it's one of the most favorite, it's my, probably my favorite piece of work we've done. Yeah. Because the biggest mis- misconception is that introverts are shy and anxious mm-hmm. and extroverts are confident. And it's not the case. 
introversion, extroversion, as we explained, is simply where you get your stimulus and recharge. Yeah. Whether that's in social, loud gatherings and engaging other human beings, or whether that's in isolation and being alone. Yeah. Now, both of them can either be confident or anxious. You can be an anxious extrovert and you can be a confident introvert. Um, So neuroticism, your level of neuroticism will govern whether you are anxious or confident, not your introversion, extroversion. Yes. Love that. And that's why this OCEAN acronym is really important because the big five are intrinsically linked. Yes. And if you went down them now and scored on a piece of paper one to five, you'll see your dynamic, your DNA. So if we just do this quickly now as a, as a very quick exercise on each other, I would go, openness for me is a five. Mm-hmm. I would say conscientiousness is a three. Yeah. I would say uh, extroversion is a five. I would go agreeableness is a two. I'm probably more disagreeable than agreeable. Yeah. So I'll go two. And then I would go um, neuroticism one. I do, I'm re- yeah, you're probably a zero. Yeah, I, I'm really not uh, <laughs> an, an anxious person, really, and for the for the for the good and the bad. But um, so so when you look at that, that's telling me that I'm incredibly open. I love experiences. I take risks. I, f- I find new new things to do, and uh, you know, and, and and push myself to grow. Uh, I can be conscientious when I need to be, but I like to be free spirited and and wing it as well at times. Yeah. Very uh, extroverted, so love being around people and uh, and being in relationships. Um, not very agreeable at times, but it almost then starts to sort of be a strength of mine when it mm-hmm. serves me well, but can then make me not very nice to be around when I'm not being overly agreeable. And low levels of anxiety means that it fuels the rest of it. Because I yeah. don't have high neuroticism, then I-, I am comfortable disagreeing. I am comfortable putting myself out there, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I I I get my DNA. Mm. What I also get is where that's not going to serve me well. Certainly on the yes. gr- agreeableness side, and sometimes on when I have to be a bit more conscientious. Yeah. That where I'm, I might be going down a pathway, it's going to get me in trouble. That's really interesting because I get it. I get what fuels me, and I get my makeup right. Yeah. Well, how would you score yourself on that? So openness to experience, I'd probably say. Uh, two point well we I said two point five didn't I between two and three yeah um conscientiousness I'm probably probably about a four on there I'd say yeah I'd say you're a minimum of a four and sometimes in the right areas you could probably be a five yeah um extraversion so I'm more in yeah again between a two and a three yeah I'd say so um agreeableness I'm I'm quite high on that. I'd, I reckon <laughs> yeah. probably go for a five. <laughs> I think you are. I think you're a five. And so so keep going, and then we'll come back to that. Yeah, and then my neuroticism again. I'm 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 not really an anxious person as much as I'm agreeable and you know don't necessarily speak up all the time. I I won't say I'm anxious. I I, I'm I'm confident in in who I am, but sometimes I just don't feel the need to. Yeah. I think you'd be a three-stroke four. Depend- yeah, you can easily be a four on that. Um, sorry, you, you, sorry, it'd be low, wouldn't it? So you'd yes. be a you'd be a a two-stroke two. three. So I think you can easily be a two low level. Um, but there'll be times where you withdraw within yourself if you're challenged or compromised, yeah. where it could go to a three. But 
you're not. You're quite balanced. You're yeah. very, very balanced. And I think that thing. So slightly, like, it's like if like if we had like a, a sliding scale, it'd be like the opposite where the like the opposites in a way. Yeah. And um, and that's why me and you work very well together. Mm-hmm. I think with the understanding because I need you, you need me. Yeah. You know, I'm thrusting us forward and taking the risks and all the rest of it, and you're like mopping up behind me and making sure we do it properly. And that <laughs> actually we don't we get it right. I call us Lennon, Lennon and McCartney. So I think it works like that. But you know. For you, it's about understanding that that's okay because that is you, and yeah. you don't need to be a Martin Johnson. Yeah, and coming on this podcast and being nervous is is a sign of your skill. Mm-hmm. I come on this excited as a sign of mine. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? If I had to do a ten thousand word essay, I'd be absolutely melting down by now, and you'd be fine. You'd yeah. sit in the pocket and do it. So yeah. we all have our strengths, and I think listening to this podcast, do the ocean acronym. Write it down, score yourself one to five, and just have a look. What is it telling you? Where does that serve you really well and bloody embrace it? And where could it catch you out? And where do you need to push yourself a little bit? Like you pushed yourself today on this podcast, right? Because that's the art of it, isn't it? It's embracing your authentic self, knowing how your psychology is made up through the big five, knowing roughly what skill you have. And instead of trying to be something you're not, yeah, just, just make, accept it. Just accept it and get make it work for you. Yeah. Lydia, with a minute left, because I've loved this and I could talk to you all day, any final comments on this? I mean, if you're listening to this and people are going, that's really interesting, but what the hell do I do with it? I don't think we're asking people to do a lot with it, are we? No. I think probably the most important thing is just, so obviously accepting that's where you lie on the scale, but also bearing in mind other people sit on different areas of the scale and you have to accept that you know it can you can be flawed in certain areas and other people are completely different to you and you just have to just have to bear that in mind yeah it's okay and half of it you are blessed with your bio biochemistry or not yeah, so you, you're you fighting a, a losing battle trying to completely transform it right yeah absolutely Lydia English thank you so much thank you did you enjoy that Kind of. (laughs) Will you come back again? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you do because fascinating stuff and thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. 